Okay, I am sitting here with Miss Sarah Ecker, one of my favorite people, and uh, she just finished talking about stuttering. Hi, Sarah. How are you? Great. How are you, Kelly? I am lovely. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much, first of all, for uh, sitting down and doing this today because, well, first of all, because I think you're great, and uh, second of all, I like, stuttering is... I think for so many clinicians, it is this big, I don't even know, feared kind of like, oh my gosh, I hope I don't get a kid who stutters on my caseload because I don't know what to do. And then you get one and you fumble around. And so I think this, I think um, anything that breaks stuttering therapy down really nicely, like you just did, is, is only, can only be a help to the profession. Yeah, I hope so. I think... I'm one of the rare people. I love working with stutters and, or I like learning about stuttering and, um, I feel like I don't have fear. I don't have all the answers. Certainly not. I definitely have found out like, oh my gosh, I guess I didn't quite do that right. Or right, I should have right. done something different, but it doesn't really matter. Like, I think it really is a really big piece for the students who stutter to have someone to talk to and check in and talk about their stutter because it is such an emotional thing. It is. And I think inadvertently, of course, no speech path wants to do this on purpose, but inadvertently with our own fear and uneasiness with it, we, we can kind of magnify the problem. Like we should be the person who they are okay to talk to about it and who they know is safe. And um, I think we can sometimes just by our own body language sort of project a little bit of tension about it. And so, um, yeah, just taking a breath and chilling out, I think is a, is totally. a good, good and, idea. And one of the things they actually talked about that in the workshop that I attended, and it was really oh. interesting. They really talked about, it's really important to fake your confidence. They're like, it really oh. doesn't matter if you, if this is the first stutter you have ever seen just fake it. They say that's that my 70, favorite. Fake it till you make it. That's, that's exactly like my motto. Right. That's great. <laughs> and I think there was some number that they prescribed, but it was something like 70%. 70% of a student's or a client's confident in confidence comes from how confident the therapist feels within themselves. Whoa, so that's it's crazy. a really big piece. So even though you don't feel confident, just say like, I am confident there. I can help this person. There's something I can provide. And that's a big piece for them. Yeah. Just do a little positive self-talk right mm -hmm. before they uh, come in. <laughs> that's right. I feel good. I feel great. I feel wonderful. I can do this. I, I can, can help this person. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, it, um, one that I went to a workshop several years ago by, um, Scott Yarus, 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 I'm not quite sure how you say his last name, and he is fantastic. And he talked a lot about what um, some of the stuff you just talked about, really going into how important it is to break down that speak, speech machine and spend a lot of time making sure the kiddo or adult is really well versed in how the speech mechanism works. And that was sort of a revelation to me clinically because I sort of up until that point had stuttering therapy in my head is like, okay, we're going to learn easy onset. And that was sort of the end of my toolkit, <laughs> which as you can imagine was not particularly effective. Um, 
but yeah, so I, it was so, that was a big moment for me. And really when I was listening to you, I was really struck by how much, how different this is really than any other kind of therapy that we do, because it requires that we sort of do this self-awareness and really make the, the client their own clinician almost. I mean, we have to sort of turn them into a little speech path so they can understand it and really, and really under, I guess, just wrap their heads around what's going on. And we don't really do that with any other disorder. Not usually, no. I mean, I was absolutely struck by that as well, as how detailed they went into each of the sounds. Like, I really felt like I was with Christina Gildersleeve Newman yeah. again, <laughs> learning about articulation when they were saying, this is what we want you to do with the students. And I know some young kids and people with cognitive difficulties, this might be very difficult, but you can give some basics and you you know, the kids that are definitely um, more cognitively aware and older, you can go into a lot of detail, but you may not be able to do that with every student. So I just wanted to talk a little bit to that as well and say, well, yeah, you're right. You know, if, if people have hesitations, this may not work exactly for every student, but for the little ones you can do, I've heard people using different materials for yeah. making the speech machine and making it kind of interesting. So you're right. You're not going to be able to like draw it out and talk about it in an intellectual way, maybe, but you can like make it fun and use materials and build it with weird things that you have and help them understand like, you know, what do your lungs do? Like, why do we have to breathe? You know, those kinds of things, you know, I think it's really important. It really, really is in there. Like you bring up a really great point about using different materials. Cause that was another thing that I didn't really get at first when I, you know, with my first stuttering kiddos, like that, that this, I mean, you can still be Susie Speechpath and do this. You know, you get out your art supplies. If you, you know, some Speechpaths trend arty and some trend techy and whatever, but use what you're comfortable with as therapy materials and really get after it. And also what the kids are in because, are into, because if I, when I was listening to you, I thought, oh my gosh, like if you had, let's say a middle schooler who was super techy, like you could take their chart and, uh, you could make put it into a spreadsheet, make graphs, and really look at where they're stressed out and how they're feeling. I mean, you could really have a lot of fun with that. Um, sure, absolutely. I mean, and that's the thing. This can be as easy or as complicated and like as colorful or as boring as you want. It really, whatever you feel like the student like is drawn towards or you are drawn towards, I think you can really make it your own. Yeah, yeah, right, and. Also, another another thing on the same sort of tip is that idea of not writing your goal to be fluency related. Like, often, you know, oftentimes we write a goal that says something. Don't box yourself in with that goal that says something like, we'll be 98% fluent in all <laughs> settings, you know. Yeah. That's, and that's go ahead. I'm sorry. And that's really not what we're going for. I really want to talk about I think this is really important. People can still stutter and feel good about themselves and yes. be a success. Mm -hmm. 
one of the my the most interesting stories was um, that Susan Hamilton told. She's a private speech um, pathologist up in Seattle area, and she had a had a, a client named Bob Love who used to work in the NBA. Oh, anyway, yeah. he had a severe severe stutter, and he eventually became quite quite fluent. And he does a lot of now that he's so fluent, he does a lot of speaking engagements and that kind of thing. Anyway, one of his latest ones, Susan noticed. Gosh, you know, you're not as as fluent as you used to be, you know, do you want to come in for like a little brush up? And he was like, no, like I feel really good about my stutter. I feel great with where I'm at. I really don't feel like I need to come in. And that really was like, wow, that was very empowering. He still had some stutter, stuttering issues, but to him, he still felt like a success and it didn't matter. And I thought that was, we really want to empower the students in that way. And I thought that was really interesting to hear. Yeah. I think that is a wonderful story. And my, I mean, that relates to my own experience. My brother stutters and sort of the, the reason that I'm a speech pathologist. And, um, over the years, I've of course seen it come and go. And, um, it's when he finally achieved, I think true success in his therapy was when he got to that point where he, uh, it was, he wasn't scared of it anymore. And that, um, that was like huge for him. And he was, I mean, he'd been in therapy for a very long time, you know, since a small child off and on. Um, and, but it wasn't until he was an adult and, um, with a really, of course, very talented SLP whose uh, whole focus was fluency. And she really turned that around for him. So yeah, getting away from that point where, or that place where you're so, and so hooked up into, the, uh, your percent syllable stuttered and that you got, I think the hardest thing is selling that to, it's not a hard sell for the kid usually, but it Mm -hmm. is a hard sell for parents and teachers, uh, to say, look, we're going to be okay with this. Like this is not, it is, we're not going to go for a hundred percent fluent speech here. We're going to go for him feeling confident about, speaking up in class that's exactly right absolutely yeah mm-hmm. it's a but that's tough that's, it is really tough that's a tough one for people to swallow but you know when a stutter is lifelong you know i mean there's you know kids who you know they grow out of it or develop out of it and then there's kids that don't and i think you know over time they realize like this really is the own child or student's journey like right in a way, it's like this really, it, you know, it does have to do with the parents and teachers, but really they're in this alone in many ways. Like they have this stutter that they either will grow to love or fight against or or whatever they're going to do. But I mean, hopefully we can help them have a feeling of acceptance, you know, at the end of the day. Right. So it doesn't panic them when they're away at college <laughs> and they're stressed out and all of a sudden it comes back, you know, because yeah. I think that's that happens and then it's feelings of failure and whatever. So. I love it. Love it. Um, yeah. One question. So, you know, our friend Heidi posted that she had a question about where would you start with a student with ASD who stutters and has no self-awareness? 
Sure. Well, I mean, in ASD, as we all know, is so huge. So I would think about like, well, what level of, you know, autism do they have? I actually have worked with a student with autism who stutters before, but they were pretty high functioning. Right. You know, right. and so, but I, this, this particular student that I worked with was pretty analytical. And so I used a lot of video with him so that he could really see. So he, you know, he was very like rule based, like, yeah, okay, first right. we went over what kind of stutters we, you know, there are. So we went over blocks, we went over sound repeats, word repeats, phrase repeats, interjections, all this kind of stuff, secondary stuttering characteristics. So he, def we defined them very clearly. And then right. we did the videoing. Okay. It's like, well, let's go ahead and see where we at, where we are at. And then also I gave tokens. So every time he identified a stutter that he did, I would give him a token and he really became a little obsessed, not obsessed, but he really enjoyed <laughs> getting a token and being right. You know? Oh yeah. I'm sure that is a great idea because that just taps into sort of what you would naturally do with a kiddo on the spectrum anyway. Yeah. So I would suggest those things and see how effective that is. And if it's not, you know, we can problem solve some more, but I would start there. Right. That's a great, that's a great idea. We'll let Heidi know. And can, can folks email you anytime? Sure. I may not have all of the answers. Like I <laughs> Come on. also, <laughs> you know, will always be learning about stuttering. No matter how much I learn, I need to know more. So I'll do my best give some ideas and but I'm I'm always happy to do so and so that's um sarah s-a-r-a dot e-c-k-e-r at the hello foundation.com that's correct that's correct and so you can email sarah with all of your pressing stuttering questions <laughs> uh, well thank you for uh doing this sarah oh it was my pleasure thank you so much kelly yeah and i hope maybe you'll come back and talk to us again sometime okay sounds good i would really like to um like learn more like go into a little more depth on the techniques sure you know that would be really fun or <laughs> yeah oh yeah i mean any of it would be fun to learn about more yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much. Yay. Thanks, Sarah. Bye. Okay, bye.